Welcome in. Welcome to the Retirement Plan Playbook. I'm your host, Brent Pasqua, founder of RPA Wealth Management. I'm here with Matthew Thiel, certified financial planner, and Joshua Winterswijk, certified financial planner. Today, we're going to get into the third quarter review. Uh, it finished off being actually a very interesting quarter. We want to go through really what the market did towards the end. There was a lot of big stories that came up that impacted the market, so we'll get into those. But as we get started, uh, fall's here and the baseball playoffs are now taking place. Are you guys enjoying baseball? Um, you know, I thought the season ended uh, when football started <laughs> back in September. So it was kind of weird for me to turn on the TV and see everyone talking about baseball playoffs. But um, yeah, I, I've put it on. It's as boring as baseball usually is. And I'm not quite sure again why they do day games. I'm surprised because you're like normally like a pretty big baseball guy. I have a young daughter now. I have to cut things out of my life. <laughs> baseball was the first on the chopping block. Yeah, baseball's gone. <laughs> I'm, uh, you know what? Baseball, regular season baseball, I don't, I don't watch too much of. I like to go to baseball games throughout the year. But I, I don't even think I've been to a baseball game in like two years. But I did watch my first, I think my first or one of the first baseball games, which was the Dodger play-in game. So the wild card game? Yeah. So I did watch that game. I've been watching a few of the games. I don't really understand why they're on in the middle of the day or in the morning on the West Coast either, though. It's, kind of it's, it's very bizarre. I mean, they play this long season that spans from, what, late March all the way till the end of September. And then you have a five-game series in the playoffs, and you put the games on at, some of them are on, I think, as early as, like, noon Pacific time. How do they expect to get any draw from that? I why think it was playing? like at 10 o'clock yesterday, 10 a.m. I, I have no idea why they're playing that early and what kind of draw that brings. I, what I don't understand either is that they play so many games, but then we had a, a one-game wild card play in too. Like how awful for the, was it the Cardinals that the Dodgers played? Yeah. Like that whole long season, had a good season, made the playoffs, and one game you're out. Well, and then the rest of the teams in the playoffs, you can't even watch them because they're on during work hours. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'll be watching the rest of it. We'll see. I guess who, it depends on who's still in it. Yeah, it all comes down to storylines, I guess. But they can't build storylines if they're on during the day. But this surprises me. You surprised me, Matt, with, with your baseball take. All right, so let's get into the hot take headlines. Uh, one of the huge stories coming out of the news is Facebook files. I think the biggest story this quarter has been Facebook. Why is this important? And with everything that really has gone on with them in the news, what is actually happening? So this is a really wild story, um, and it's really nothing new if you've been call- following kind of the Facebook drama since um, kind of the you know 2015-2016 timeframe. Um, but an employee at Facebook leaked a bunch of um, internal documents that basically showed what an awful platform Facebook and its Facebook-like properties are for people to be spending time on, essentially. And a nice summary version. So that would be like Facebook, WhatsApp, Instagram. And just to read off some of the stuff that, that I guess was proven is that um, Instagram tries to attract preteens to, uh, to get them on their platform. Studies have shown that Instagram is toxic for teen girls. I, I mean, I wonder why. That people who are elite are exempt from some of the rules of Facebook. Um, so that's kind of like, you know, celebrities and famous people. There's drug cartels and human traffickers on Facebook. So, like, listen, you probably don't want to be spending too much of your time on Facebook. Um, there's a lot of fake information on that. And, you know, we all kind of know that. 
But what's coming out isn't good. Essentially, they want to regulate the company. The stock's been dropping a lot. I don't really have much else to say other than maybe it might be time to stop spending time on Instagram and Facebook. Well, I didn't know is how like in-depth their research teams are. I guess they have like some of the best research teams in the world that work for like Facebook. And they have all of this data about like the negative things that come from Facebook and Instagram and social media. And they have all of this data and they can break it up into demographics. And they've done nothing to fix it. Right. And I guess from what they were saying too, is like those algorithms that they're able to create, they could do like the morally right thing and go after like what's like morally correct, or they can do what's morally incorrect, but it's going to trigger more activity. And they're doing basically the morally incorrect thing. So it triggers more activity. Yeah. And basically what the whistleblower was saying was it was profits over doing what's right. Yes. For the most part. Yep. That's how corporate America is. It's always profits over doing the right thing. I mean, it's what big tobacco did. It's what energy companies did. This is no different than that. Um, Facebook is not a good use of your time. Neither is Instagram. So stop using it. Yeah. And it sounds like their big draw too is getting younger users to use it because that also adds parents to it and then just leads to more activity. And I thought the other thing that was somewhat interesting or more troubling is that there's more fake accounts on Facebook than there actually, I think, is real accounts, I think was one of the things that was said. That to me is just crazy. You should have to use your real name and identity. And you, honestly, you should probably have to put a social security number in to use a Some social sort media of accountability. Website. Yeah. I guess one thing that I'm still having trouble figuring out is like, how was this not already known? Like, didn't we already know that they were targeting ads towards people, that they're using algorithms that aren't favoring? you know, moral usage of their site. And why is this like some like disc now just coming out to Congress? When I think we've already all known this for years. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And, and just like, it's kind of almost even worse than what we even probably thought, like about how much they know, how much data they actually have generated and how much like negative, you know, factors that this can create. So it's just kind of disappointing. Yeah, well, I think the reasoning is just it's the they showed the internal documents that Facebook knows it's bad and they're not doing anything about it. Right. It is what's it causing up. the uproar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like the platform needs to have provisions and some restrictions on it. And unfortunately, it's going to need oversight if we're going to correct a major problem. And I think one thing that has been leading to a lot of the information that most people are getting nowadays can be tied back to social media. And hopefully this can be a step in the right direction. One last Facebook thought. This is the day I stopped using it. It was probably like, it was during the beginning of the pandemic. I haven't logged on since. But I saw an article that everybody was commenting on in my feed about beaches in Arizona being open while California state beaches were closed. <laughs> and I said, I am done with this platform and I haven't been on since. Um, for, the, for those that don't know, there are no beaches in Arizona. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, it's not surprising that that would be on Facebook. All right, so let's get in the next headline. Over 65 cargo ships have been forced to queue outside two of America's biggest ports in the latest sign of supply chain disruption hitting the U.S. The ships are stuck outside the ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach in California, which handle 40% of all cargo containers entering the country. I don't know if you guys have flown over or got flown into LAX recently, and I did it over the summertime. There looks to be a lot more than 60 ships out there. They're all waiting to get into the ports, and it's causing a major backup with our supply issue right now. 
Yeah, and they said it's 40% worse now than it was then. So, I mean, there just must be ships for miles going out. Yeah, and they're all just spread out. They're completely spread out waiting, and it sounds like, you know, at this point, they're waiting for enough workers in the docks to be able to empty those containers. So this is a pretty big story. It is creating the supply chain problems, but it's also showing a, you know, a different side of where there is a worker shortage right now. The pandemic really messed up supply chains, and the fact that we can't get you know, cargo off of ships is a massive problem. I was reading some stories related to this story, and it sounds like a lot of toy companies, because most of the toys come from Asia, um, China specifically, won't be open for the holidays. Like They're just going to run out of product before the holiday season even kicks off at, at this current rate. So I don't know what the, the fix is. I know the ports have been operating at 24 hours, right? No, I believe they have not. Oh, I thought they. I thought they. From changed. my understanding, what I heard on CNBC, they were not operating at 24 hours. They oh. were they were operating only within union hours. Yeah, oh, and and I think that's one of the variables that there's an issue behind is the unions also limiting, you know, overtime and shifts. So then there's another issue is that even the trucks that are pulling all of the inventory off of the docks are short workers. So there's just so many multiples to this situation. They're just compounding and it's making it even worse. I'm actually even surprised that this isn't a bigger story. Me too. Like when we're researching this and you know, even reading the article, uh, a couple of other articles, there's not that much actual investigation of what's going on. Um, and it's not a bigger story. So I'm just kind of surprised there. But there's a lot, of, a lot of different things that are causing this issue and it's going to be bad for holiday season. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense like when COVID began. That you would see cargo ships lined up. I mean, understandably, like the whole economy was kind of in a flux at that point. But now we're sitting here, what, 19, 20 months later, and we're still battling with having cargo ships backed up. I don't understand why they haven't figured it out because the whole economy is waiting for these people to unload these cargo ships and to get things rolling. And it's even creating because now they're, they have a, like a shortage of ships because there's so many that are just sitting there. So they're not going back and forth. So you're having some of these companies actually buying their own ships now. And then having them wait, in, I guess, the, the dock line, which is just insane. Again, surprised that this isn't a bigger story. Can you imagine being a captain of the ship? You're like, wait, so am I just supposed to dock here in this harbor for uh, two to three weeks or longer while I wait for my ship number to get called to come like, unload it? That, like, that must be miserable. I wouldn't want that job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I ordered something um, a couple of months ago, and it's like an eight-month waiting period for us to get what we ordered. I think a lot of people are having those problems that they're probably sitting on those ships and I would be willing to go down there and just unload my package by myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where, do I, where do I sign up to go move some boxes to get my stuff? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get in the retirement planning corner. Today, let's go through the, the review of last quarter and we're going to preview the next three months. I think obviously as we finished out the third quarter and then head into the fourth quarter, there was a lot of market activity. There was a lot of volatility heading uh, that took place really right at the beginning of September. Um, let's start with the market check. Joshua, how did the global markets fare in the second quarter? So um, looking at this, a little different. We, we, we had a really good run in you know, the first and second quarter of this year. Third quarter was a little, little different. Um, U.S. stocks, they were actually, we had a negative rate of return in U.S. stocks, negative 10 basis points or 0.10%. International stocks, negative 0.66%. Emerging stock, negative 8.09%. We have global real estate, negative 0.08%. U.S. bonds, 0.05. We have global bonds at a positive 
0.9. So bonds for the third quarter, the only asset classes that were positive rates of return. So I mean, when we look at what happened in this third quarter, we could see there's a distinct difference between you know what emerging markets were down 8% versus international stock down less than one and US stocks down 0.10. Is there a reason why there's such a distinct difference between what emerging markets did and some of the others? Um, so the emerging markets one was going to be driven by China because um, they had the crisis going on over there with the China Ever Evergrande or Gonde story, um, the property developer who's uh, going bad on some debt. Um, and then also because of the crackdown on Beijing that we talked about, you know, five or six podcasts ago where um, they kind of might be closing off their financial markets. So that spooked Chinese shares a lot. That makes sense. And how are markets doing over the last year? U.S. stocks are up 31%, so still really strong. International up 26.5. Emerging stocks up 18.2. Global real estate up 31.6. And then on the bond side, which is really interesting to me, we have bonds down 0.90, so just about 1%, and global bonds down negative 0.54. And what this tells me is that over the last year, stocks have risen, but also interest rates have risen a little bit. I mean, these are still very, very good returns over the last 12 months, aren't they? Yeah, these are great 12-month returns. Um, Definitely not a historical norm here. These are oddball scenarios. But I think as we get into today's show, um, you know, we're going to paint a more picture of a market that's been pulling back, um, just like the returns Josh went over, not one that's booming right now. So if the last year has showed favorable returns, what has caused this sort of third quarter pullback? I can start here. I think some of like the optimism is going away. You know, we've had, we've priced in so much of the future and so much of what's to come and kind of exiting this pandemic and moving on from some of this uncertainty, but how much optimism can still be priced in? We've had just such a good run of rate of return since the recovery. Um, And I think that that's, you know, one big part of this pullback that we've seen so far you know, in, you know, a little bit in, in uh, the third quarter and already to start this fourth quarter. Yeah, and then also seasonality. Uh, we've been on a big run. This is historically the weakest time for a stock market, the kind of the fall period, right, from call it Labor Day to Thanksgiving. Um, it's typically when the market's weak, and we're seeing seasonality play out really, really well right now. And then there's also reasons to be cautious, right? We have inflation. We have the shipping delays we've talked about. We have what's going on in China. COVID's not going away. So, so there are reasons for the market to probably hit a pause here, and that's what it's doing. What are some of the long-term stories that we probably should be following as we look at you know, what could be happening in this last quarter and heading into next year? I think what even Matt was just already talking about, I think inflation's going to be one of them. I also just think to wait and see what the Federal Reserve's going to do. We're already seeing them kind of slow down that you know, spending on um, what's going to happen with interest rates next year as well. Taxes. I mean, that, that's always going to bring some volatility, in my opinion. Uh, that's going to be a big one to see what this tax bill, if it is approved, and what it's going to officially look like if that's passed. So a lot of big headlines here. I mean, you know, inflation, taxes, um, supply chain issues. Uh, so a lot of different things that can definitely create some questions about going into the fourth quarter and into next year. Yeah, I'm really monitoring this tax bill. I think it's a a really unique one. I know we talked about it on the previous show, um, but you know, just from a standpoint, I don't see it impacting that many people. Um, but again, it is one of those things where, in the short term, it could you know push the market a little bit lower. Um, so we 
we could be faced with the ultra rich having taxes being uh, raised on them next year as well as um, an inflationary environment so again we might just be looking at stock returns that are a little bit less than we've seen in the last two years coming up when you say inflation what are we talking about here and how is that impacting like the everyday person so when i say that it means you know a slow rise in prices right so you know, maybe you're paying four dollars for a gallon of milk. Now you're paying four fifty. Maybe it costs five dollars a square foot for the tile you want to remodel your home. Now it's six dollars and fifty cents. Um, so you know, prices are are rising, and a lot of that is being actually attributed to the slowdown at the port. So what we're talking about, right? Um, there's shipping delays. There's product delays. Well, what happens? Well, someone's willing to pay more for the product, so the price goes up. What about if you're willing to unpack the cargo ship? You know, you just got to go down there with a hard hat and your gloves on and be like, hey, I'm ready to go. Like, which one do you want me to unload? <laughs> what, what cargo ship is it? Until, until they tell you that they don't actually unload them, they just take the truck beds off and put them on trucks and drive them off. <laughs> you, know, you know what this also means? Less sales. Yeah, which is bad for stocks. Which is bad for me because I love a good sale. Oh, you mean? <laughs> oh, I thought you meant sales no, and revenue. No, 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 no. Also, just companies, right? I mean there's there's more demand right so less supply prices are going to go up they're not going to offer you that big discount that you were waiting for and now i got to play full price so this affects me i mean one other topic on here that i still have questions on and that's the federal reserve they've been talking about raising possible interest rates for a long time now is that going to happen because we know that can really impact the market and if that's going to happen when would that be happening um sometime next year um 2020 the thing is with you know raising interest rates is the market's going to anticipate it before it happens and it'll get priced in before it happens. So if we know for sure that they're probably going to raise interest rates, call it this time next year, it's going to get priced in right now and in the first quarter of 2022. Um, it's not going to be something that happens you know in the summer or um, at this time next year. It's going to happen you know eight to nine months, twelve months prior. But even if they raise them, how high are they raising them? Are they still low? Yeah, there'll be a very small raise. Most people won't even notice a difference. So, you know, how big is that even a concern if they do in, in October? I just don't know if it's as big of a variable as some people make it seem. I mean, I guess then also, you know, how can these stories really impact the market over the next six months to a year? I think it's going to paint a picture of the stock market being a little bit more volatile than we've seen since really the, you know, the February kind of sell off during when COVID started. Um, it'll be a little bit more like 2014 or 2018's stock market where it's kind of up and down a lot. Um, and that's kind of the period or the cycle we're going into on the economy. And then uh, it's, earnings season is in October, right? When does that start and why is that an important time? Well, we're going to actually be able to see how all of these companies are doing. So earnings season is always pretty important as an investor because um, they're going to report their financials and we get to actually see the past data you know, of the revenue and, and the underlying profit that these companies are doing. So this will be an interesting time, especially as we're going, you know, we've seen a little bit of a pullback. We have these big headlines. Earnings season, I think, is probably the biggest one of this year, in my opinion, just because of the climate of where we're at right now. So if we start to look over the next three months, what are some financial action items for listeners? So again, I'm, been, I'm watching this tax plan and it's, you know, it's important for a lot of people, especially if you're a high earner, if you're a high earner, you know, meet with your CPA, if you don't have a CPA, um, reach out to your financial planner and see if they'll refer you to one, get a tax plan done because you're going to want your income next year set to be below those, those new taxable thresholds. 
and putting that plan in place today is what's going to make the difference. So basically what you're saying is if you go back and listen to the previous podcast, you can find out whether or not you're going to be impacted by some of these new tax proposals. And you probably want to make sure that you're trying to keep yourself below the income threshold. Yeah. If you say, hey, that's me, like I'm in that group that that Matthew, Brent and Joshua are talking about, then you need to reach out to your financial professional on the tax and on on the financial side. And to piggyback that, your estate plan as well. I mean, the estate tax um, in the Biden proposal could be changed. So if that net worth is growing um, and that is a concern for you, it's now a good time to you know, plan for that event um, potentially. So over the next three months, making sure you have those ducks in line. Also take um, student loans. So making sure you're reviewing those student loans because the deferments coming up are ending. The deferment is ending soon. Um, so that's another thing you're going to want to take care of or look at and plan for over the next three months. I got a quick planning tip for the student loan people. So if you've built up your savings because you haven't been paying your student loans, when the student loans turn back on, you know, as long as you're comfortable with your emergency fund, whatever you need for three to six months, take the money you've been saving by not paying student loans and go pay a big chunk of your loans off with that cash. Don't just pay that minimum that they say on the bill because you're never going to pay the loan off. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and that's such a, it's such an important time right now to even be taking a look at that. I mean, one of the other things as we head, we're into this last quarter of the year now already is making sure that you're putting as much contributions into your 401k or 403b, your retirement plan at work. Um, because as you get towards the end of the year, there's less time to put more money into those accounts. And if you're going to make max contributions, you're probably going to need to allocate a little bit more of your paycheck at this point of the year to make sure you hit those max contributions. Yeah. And even if you don't max, just an extra for the rest of the year. You know, if you have positive cash flow, everything's good. You had a good year, you increased your savings, but you're able to put more into that 401k for these last couple months of the year. Brent, that's a great tip. And even if you don't max, you're going to save some money in taxes, which is just going to be positive. Keep more money in your back pocket. Exactly. Uh, Matthew, what are you going to be doing different over, you know, your personal financial plan this quarter? Um, so I know last time I mentioned I increased my 401k contributions. Um, I didn't want to do it together. Um, I wanted to spread it out. So now my wife's going to increase her 401k contributions to the maximum amount. And then we'll both be maxing out going forward. Now that we got used to my paycheck, that's something I like to do for clients sometimes is not to have neither spouses maxing, max one spouse first and then the next spouse. And so we're going to be following our own advice. Good stuff, Matt. I like that. Thanks, Josh. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll go next here. I think I had mentioned this um, in the last that I needed to get some life insurance going. I needed to do this for a while now. Actually, my uh, one of my advisors here, Matt Thiel, kept pushing me. Um, so I finally got my life insurance implemented. Uh, use ladder.com. No affiliation to them. Just use them. Online life insurance company. Easy process. Easy implementation. And now I got that check marked off for this quarter. Yeah, you're about to get on an airplane and you were like, hey, if something happens to me, I take care of my family. I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that. Yeah, no, no. I knew I needed to do it. We've been talking about this, um, you know, with expecting a a new baby um, or or my first child. I said, I can't be riding on airplanes without life insurance anymore. I need to take my own advice. And so... That's implemented now. Yeah, smart move. Probably driving a car too. That's actually more dangerous. You're, you're definitely <laughs> right. It, the, the airplane though, just I think it's just more of a the effect. You know, it's a I'll little bit it. more dramatic. I get it. <laughs> uh, the one that I'll be doing is similar to some of the stuff that Matthew said, but it's making contributions. I mean, this is a perfect time of year, whether it's your 401k or retirement or 
If you're sitting on an after-tax brokerage account that you have, maybe this is a good time. Markets are down a little bit. They are down from where their all-time highs were in the beginning of September. Maybe putting a little bit more money to your after-tax brokerage account, having that money invested. If you could rebalance, maybe thinking about rebalancing. And then the last one would be, uh, as we get into to this last part of the year, if you have some tax harvesting that you could do, where you could sell some individual stocks or some positions that you bought earlier in the year or before that that are down, I mean, you could take a tax loss that way. So I would consider looking at your basis on those positions and seeing if you could actually sell them. And with a little bit of a pullback, you might have some losses there now too. Yep. So. Yeah, you don't have to stay out of the market very long. You just invest it somewhere else. Well said. All right. So as we round out the way third quarter went, any final parting thoughts on the third quarter? Um, you know, it was a good quarter, actually, I thought. Um, as someone who's been, you know, in this industry for a long time, I never like to see markets get too hot and run away. And it was really nice to see a, a pause. Uh, I know everyone always isn't going to be happy with that when they look at their statements on a quarterly basis. But it's healthy for markets to pause, slow down, go down a little bit. Like that's how we keep things in check and we don't end up in situations like we did in 1999 where everything's going crazy. And I'll just piggyback on that. Yeah, it, ma- it made things real again, right? I mean, we've just been in such a great growth phase. Um, third quarter, yeah, third quarter uh, made the markets real. Um, you can assess, start to plan a little bit more um, as well. So well said, Matt. Nobody likes to see their accounts down from their previous highs, but like you said, it uh, gives opportunity also. Things go on sale, make contributions, add more money, buy some things while they go on sale and take advantage of down markets. Uh, all right, let's get into the final segment of the show. Let's get into RPA recommends. Matthew, why don't you start us off with your recommend? Uh, I have to give two today. Um, they're both Netflix shows, but they're going to be for two different types of personality sets, um, though you, it's possible you might like both of them. The first one is, I haven't finished either of these shows either, but they're both really, really good shows. I'm halfway through both of them. And so Whoa, I'm just going to recommend them. This is way them. too early for you to be recommending shows you haven't finished. The first one <laughs> is the uh, kind of the hit global phenomenon, uh, Squid Game. Don't tell me. I'm sure you've all heard about it. Um, it's a wild show. My recommends on it is to watch it if you're into kind of gory, dark shows. And also to not use the English dubbing to actually uh, read the subtitles and watch it in Korean. I have a question on that show, though, before I watch. How long is it? How many seasons? Like, I, like or no, how many episodes? Like, is it uh, like a weekend watch? Is it going to take you a little bit more time? No, it's not a weekend watch. So if you do the English dubbing, you could probably get through it pretty fast. Yeah. Um, but because we're doing the translation where you have to read the subtitles, okay. I could only watch one show in, in a night. Got it. Okay. Because I don't want to sit around and have to read the... The yeah, show the whole time. Um, really good show, Brent. That one's probably not for you though. No, it already <laughs> already toned out. Yeah, I could tell. So I have one for you. It might be a little bit better. This is a really good show. It's going to hit close to home for a lot of people where the Squid Game won't. Um, it really opened my eyes to a lot of things. But it's uh, a show called Made, and it's about a young woman who's in an abusive relationship with a, a little daughter and her she leaves the abusive boyfriend or husband and she gets a very low income job working as a maid and it's about her you know being a maid and raising her daughter um really good show uh it's a little intense but it's also heartwarming and opens your eyes at least my eyes to a side of the world i never see is that uh is that new too it's new too. That might not even be on the service yet i might have early access to that Ooh. but when it comes out i highly recommend that one 
Nice. Good recommend. Two shows that I'll have to watch. Not uh, on there. I'm actually going to talk about a recommend. In this office, a lot of people have been talking about my cell phone. I needed one, a new one for a while. I finally Jeez. got one. Um, I'm really happy. I waited way too long. Got my new phone. One of the, the nicest things I got, I got a, the new iPhone. One of the coolest things that I love about it is that they have like the magnet wallet on the back. So if you haven't seen that, really cool feature. Love it. Um, and so, yeah, I recommend if you need a new phone, the new one's nice. Go get it. So you're not walking around with a broken phone anymore? No, 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 no. no. It's nice. I'm, I'm uh, walking around with a fully functional phone with a new case, new wallet case. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Well, that's good. At least you could see the stock market returns now on your phone. Yeah, I'm supporting my, my company. Full disclosure, I do own Apple. So, well, that's, I mean... At least, least, least it's a fully op- operational phone this time. <laughs> it is. Uh, okay, so my RPA recommends. I actually got this for my wife because I figure I'd do something that's not for me. And it's a Pura smartphone fragrance diffuser set. And what it is is like you plug these diffusers into your uh, walls in your house, but they have uh, holiday scents. So like if it's, you know, obviously Halloween time, like you can create sort of a harvest smell. And they're actually safe for kids and it's safe for pets. Instead of like burning a candle, it's actually a diffuser set. And you actually can have an app for it on your phone. So you basically control when it's actually active and it's going off. It actually gives that holiday vibe for your house without having to actually light a candle. And you could use an app to essentially uh, make it work. There's an app for everything. Yeah. Basically, if here's a good business idea. If there's a product you're using in your life and there's not an app, make the product and have someone build you an app and now you have the new thing that everyone's going to recommend. Yeah, I, I don't even know how to control all the apps on my phone anymore because they're just out of control. What was the name of the diffuser again? Pura. Pura. Yeah, so very that's, useful. That's cool. Yeah, it's very useful. and Sounds like a good gift idea for yeah, sure. Absolutely. All right, so as advisors, we love helping people. That's why we do it. If you'd like more information or to schedule appointment, please go to rpawealth.com. You can schedule your complimentary consultation right on there. Or you can also download our ebook at our website. If you'd like the show notes, please go to retirementplanplaybook.com. As always, thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you. RPA Wealth Management is a state-registered investment advisor located in Rancho Cucamonga, California. Registration does not imply a certain level of skill or training. RPA Wealth Management may only transact business in those states and jurisdictions in which it is registered or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. A copy of RPA Wealth Management's current disclosure statement, Form ADV Part 1, containing RPA Wealth Management's business operations, services, and fees is available by accessing the SEC's Investment Advisor Public Disclosure website. RPA Wealth Management will provide Form ADV Part 2A from Brochure and 2B Brochure Supplement to interested parties upon request. Information provided on this podcast should not be construed as a solicitation or offer or recommendation to acquire or dispose of any investment or engage in any other transaction. RPA Wealth Management does not render or offer to render personal investment advice or financial planning advice through its podcasts. RPA Wealth Management podcasts are intended for information and educational purposes only.